Good evening and welcome back to our online services here at Shawnee Baptist Church. What a blessing it is to be able to come to you uh, this evening by way of video. And uh, we are asking God to do something special in our hearts and lives. Uh, such a joy to have the church doors back open and the opportunity to assemble this past Sunday. And uh, there was 158 in attendance. We had 58 in the morning, 112 in the second service at 11, and about 12 of those uh, were at both. And so 158, which is about 40%, 35% of our normal Sunday, but it was still incredible. It was awesome. Uh, I so enjoyed uh, being able to preach to uh, breathing people in front of me. I know you're alive tonight. Uh, but it was nice to have people in front of me and not have to use uh, the camera. Uh, so encouraging uh, to see people's faces and smiles. And though uh, people were practicing social distancing and, and things were a touch different, uh, it was still just an incredible Sunday morning. And uh, I went to bed Sunday night, encouraged, charged up, pumped up about these next couple weeks. And once again, we'll be back in church Sunday morning. Uh, two different times, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. I want to encourage you, uh, if you feel comfortable with getting out and attending a service to be at one of those two, uh, I want to encourage you to invite, some, invite somebody uh, and let somebody else know that we are meeting in person. Uh, it was incredible this past Sunday. We had five visitors in the Sunday morning service at 11 uh, with one man trusting Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. <laughs> Incredible! Isn't that awesome? Uh, I was so excited about that. What a great Sunday back. And I am also looking forward to what God's Word has for us right here. Uh, I believe uh, there's something for you, there's something for me, found right here in Scripture tonight as we continue this series uh, from the book of James. Um, our theme for this chapter has been practicing the truth. Immature people talk about what they believe. Mature people talk and act or have action behind what they believe. And uh, every person has some sort of beliefs or a statement of faith, uh, yet mature Christians uh, act out those personal beliefs. But what, it, what is said by the mouth is far more important than what is practiced in action. And we've said it every single uh, week here in chapter two, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your, yes, talk talks. Last week, we looked at verses 10 through 13 at practical thoughts on practicing the truth. And we concluded with five different things. One, if we failed in one area, we are guilty in all. This reminds us that we are all sinners and that we're all, every single one of us is in need of God's grace. Uh, second of all, we said we don't get to pick and choose what we obey in Scripture. This is not uh, just a, uh, a buffet of things that you get to pick which one uh, and leave off some. No, this book is like a recipe. If you fail to omit an ingredient, you will not get the same product. And we have a recipe book for Christian living right here. And so we can have selective obedience. Mm, I'll take that, but 
nah, I won't take. No, whatever God's word has for us, we need to accept, we need to obey, we need to live by. Thirdly, uh, we said we do need to consider that one day we're going to be judged. Uh, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, a little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. We've got to be careful. One day we're going to stand before our Heavenly Father. We're going to give an account uh, for those things that we've done here in our body. And we need to consider that as we think about practicing our faith or practicing the truth. Fourthly, we said we're going to be judged according to how we loved God and how we loved other people. And once again, we need to keep that in the back of our mind. Number five, and lastly, last week, we need to make sure we treat others right. It'll come back to us when we are judged. If we want mercy, we better extend mercy. If we want grace, we need to extend that same grace. That boomerang, as Patch the Pirate uh, would say, Uh, in uh, his uh, little children's CD is going to come back to you. So be careful what you say, my friend, and be careful what you do. In this next section of verses, James is explaining to the believer the practice of truth is a testament of your faith. How we practice the truth, how we walk in uh, our lives, how we live by scripture is a testament of the faith that we possess. And there's three different categories of faith that James mentions here. Uh, The first category is dead faith. And then he briefly talks about emotional faith. And then he concludes with what you and I desire to have, and that is living faith. And so this evening, we're going to take the first of those three, and we're going to talk about what James calls dead faith. Dead faith. Uh, Let's have a word of prayer. And as I pray tonight, I want to ask you to pray along with me. And would you ask the Lord to use um, this passage of Scripture in our hearts and lives? Uh, Would you ask Him to allow the Holy Spirit to prepare Uh, the soil of our heart, the soil of our minds, uh, to receive this good word. That we would not just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers also. And that God would accomplish and his word would accomplish what it was set out to accomplish in our lives. Uh, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me tonight. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you tonight. And so to that end, would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the wonderful privilege we have to come to your word again in the middle of our week. And God, I do pray tonight for all those who are watching. Father, I pray that you'd help them with the distractions there uh, in their home or wherever uh, they find themselves at. God, I pray that they'd be in tune with your Holy Spirit. I pray that I would be in tune with your Holy Spirit now as I preach. Help me to say exactly what you want said. Nothing more, nothing less. Would you guide my heart? Would you guide my tongue? And then, Father, would we be doers of your word and not just hearers. May you help us in this matter of our faith these next couple weeks and especially tonight. It is my prayer that if there's one tonight that has dead faith, they do not have living faith, uh, that tonight they would receive your son Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that they would begin a personal relationship with him, and they would pass from death to life. And, Father, I'll thank you and praise you for that. In the name of your son Jesus, we ask these things. Amen.
James chapter 2, we're looking there at verse number 14. James 2 verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Verse number 19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered up Isaac his son unto the, upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by his works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then, verse number 24, then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also is not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Verse number 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And as that subject matter this evening, I'd like to preach to you about dead faith dead faith. Uh, I made it a habit when my daughter was born uh, that uh, I just had this thing for buying her stuffed animals. And uh, I've got, um, I've got uh, just this, this thing for those games with the claw. You know what I'm talking about? The one where you have the joystick and you move uh, the claw around, you press the button, the claw has chosen uh, who will stay and who will go. Um, but I, I love that game. And for a while, I was really good at it. Uh, and I would, I would go, I'd put my 50 cents in, and uh, I would play. And, and I got, at one point, I was coming out, uh, almost 50% of the time, I'd be able to get a stuffed animal uh, out of there, and I'd bring those to Krista. So Krista's room, uh, when she was younger, was filled with these stuffed animals. Even now, um, uh, our kids have... A stuffed animal, maybe that's a little special to them. I know uh, Brayden uh, has uh, doggy or puppy, whichever one you could use either of those two terms. Uh, he sleeps with every single night. Uh, Zach has Rexy. He's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, got the little arms. Uh, but Zach, every single night, you have to find uh, Rexy, and he sleeps with Rexy. Uh, Krista, for the longest time when she was younger, um, had Froggy, and, and yes, you, you catch the name, Doggy and, and Rexy and the Froggy, uh, but Froggy made this laughing sound, and when Krista was uh, two and three and four years old, uh, Froggy was an active part of every single nighttime, and, and even, even, even now in Krista's room, Froggy has survived, uh, and, and Froggy's there uh, in Krista's room. Um, now, Tyler, I, I, don't, I don't know of any stuffed animal that Tyler had uh, he was too cool for that, I guess. But we, we had numerous and still do have numerous stuffed animals. But you know, the, the wonderful thing about a stuffed animal is it's not a real animal. Uh, it's not a real animal. Now, I love animals. Don't misunderstand me. Um, but a stuffed animal, you don't have to smell it 
You don't have to hear it. You don't have to feed it. You don't have to clean it. You don't have to take it to the vet. You don't have to care for it. I mean, it looks like the real thing, but it's not the real thing. Uh, it, maybe if it has a, a voice box, it even sounds like the real thing, but it is not the real thing. My kids, and, and you might play with it and talk to it like it's a real thing, but you know what the best part about it is? It is not a real thing. Our family has stuffed animals, but our family also has a dog, Jack. Uh, Mary and I, before Krista ever came along, uh, we bought Jack, a white miniature schnauzer. And uh, Jack has been a part, uh, a member of our family uh, for the last, oh, about 10 years now. And uh, Jack is an awesome dog. He's a special dog. He holds a, play, uh, a very high place in, in, in our hearts. Jack is a real dog. Jack does things that all living dogs do. Uh, he eats, he plays, he loves, he sleeps, uh, he eats the food out from underneath the table. If you don't like something on your plate, Jack, you can sneak it. Uh, to him. Now he's not perfect. He, he has some mannerisms that I, I don't like, but he's living. He does what a dog does. Toy stuffed animals don't have the works, the actions that living animals have. And with that illustration, let me bring it back to what we're talking about here in James chapter 2. Dead faith doesn't have the works or the actions that living faith has. In our text here in James, he asked an important question. Look there with me at verse number 14. What doth it profit, my brethren... Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? What profit? What does it gain or what does a man have to gain from a faith that does not have action behind it? Now, why was this question so important? James wrote to Christians from a Jewish background, a Jewish background that discovered the blessings of salvation by faith. They understood the happiness of the freedom from a works righteousness. When Christ came and shed his blood there on the cross, uh, for these Jews who are now getting saved, these Jews who are now placing their faith in Christ and his sacrifice, they are moving from what their religion Judaism was. As Paul wrote there in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But they went to an extreme. But they went to the whole other extreme of thinking that works did not matter at all. There are those who say they possess real faith today, 
that hold to that exact same position. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Oh yeah, I believe in God. Yes, yes, I, I have faith in him. But there is no sign, there's no example, there, there's nothing to look at of this so-called faith. There is no difference in their walk and in their talk. There's no difference in their lifestyle. There's no difference in their works. So James asks, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? What good is the faith you say you have if it does not possess works in your life? Can that faith, the faith with no works, save an individual? Or we might say it this way, does that man then possess living faith? James gives an illustration. Verse number 15, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? What is James talking about? If a, if a close family member comes and is in need of food and clothing, and maybe you pray for them and you wish them luck, but I sure hope you get it. God bless you. We'll be praying for that. But you do not help them with that clothing or food. What doth it profit? Or what good is that faith? Is there any benefit from that faith? Praying for someone is obviously not wrong. But prayer is not a replacement for action. Let me say that again. Prayer is not a replacement for action. Real prayer has action that follows it. Sometimes we need to pray and if we have the ability, also do something to help that person in need. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. As you and I can, a part of uh, our faith is being able to help, being able to do good, being able to be a blessing to everybody and especially those who are brothers and sisters in Christ. Is it real, genuine, living faith if someone doesn't lend a hand to someone in need? Now, we have a great example uh, of this truth and of this thought in 1 John chapter 3. John is not speaking necessarily about uh, us as believers at the beginning, he's speaking about our heavenly father. And in first John chapter three, verse number 16, John says, hereby perceive we the love of God. The word perceive means to know. So hereby we perceive, or we know that God is love and that God loves us because he laid down his life for us. And we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. So what does John say? 
John says the reason that we know that we perceive that God loves us is because we know that God laid down his life for us. Uh, We heard about it, but there were some actions behind that love that proved when he said he loved us, he does love us. And then John brings it to the believer. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. John says, how could someone who says they have the love of God inside of them, who says they are a believer, see somebody in need and not try, not at least make an effort to meet that need? How dwelleth the love of God in them? And so he challenges us. Let's stop talking about how we love everybody. Let's stop it being in word and in tongue. But may people see it in deed and in truth. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't get get tired of of helping other people. You're going to reap for it one day, but as we can, we need to make sure that there's some actions, there's some work behind this faith. Even so faith, verse number 17 here in our text, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. A couple observations this evening that I would like to leave you with. I've got three of them. We're not going to be here long. Number one, a profession of faith is not saving faith alone. A profession of faith is not saving faith alone. Verse number 14. What doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? You might underline and mark, though a man say he hath faith. He doesn't have faith, according to James, but he says he has faith. Just because someone says they have faith, just because someone says they believe in Jesus, or just because someone says they believe in God doesn't mean they have true living faith. I share this passage often because I pray it gets stuck in our minds and we consider it every time we hear it. There in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Not everybody who says that or professes faith in Christ is somebody with living faith. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, that's a scary thought, many. Think about that, church. Many one day is going to stand before God and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then Jesus says, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. 
You said, Lord, Lord, but your faith was dead. You did not possess living faith. Oh, we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful as we're sharing the gospel with others. Uh, Sometimes I hear out there, well, I said a prayer and they told me if I prayed that prayer that I will have eternal life. A prayer alone does not save. Now, once again, we are trying to throw that gospel net wide. And here at Shawnee Baptist Church, we want to reach as many people as God would allow us to reach until Christ come back. I want to work till he comes. And and we're throwing that gospel net out wide and we're going to keep running the buses and we're going to keep having special days and special events and we're going to keep doing neighborhood uh, activities. We're going to keep reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're throwing that net wide. But just because somebody says they have faith doesn't mean they have living faith. We don't know who got truly born again and who didn't. Many times uh, I'll close my plan of salvation when I'm talking with somebody. Something along the lines of, if you truly meant that, and once again, I don't see your heart, but God sees your heart, and you truly placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then, and I want them to know that it wasn't just, it wasn't just that prayer, it wasn't just a few words, but God sees our heart, and he knows what's going on uh, in our mind, and we had to believe, and we had to receive. How do you know that somebody professed uh, who has saving faith? How do you know who uh, just professed and who has living faith? You don't right away. But time will tell. Time will tell. And that brings us to number two. Works prove the authenticity of our faith. Works prove the, authentic, um, the authenticity of our faith. If works follow saving faith, living faith, if works don't follow, it could be that that person never got saved at all, that it was dead faith. We can tell if faith is alive by seeing the accompanied works. And if it does not have works, it is dead faith. We've got to give it time. And let me emphasize that time because everybody gets saved at different points and different things. But a work begins to take place in their life. At the very beginning, I talked about uh, stuffed animals and our dog, Jack. How do you know the difference between the stuffed animals and the dog, Jack? Which one is living and which one is not? One of them does all the things that dogs do. Such is the case here in faith. The person who possesses living faith practices the truth, practices the things that God would have them to do. In Luke 10, we have the parable of the Good Samaritan. The priest and the Levite each had religious training but neither of them stopped to help the dying man on the side of the road. Each of them would be able to defend 
his faith, yet neither of them demonstrated their faith. And the one who possesses living faith demonstrates that faith. Far too many Christians uh, quote Ephesians 2, and they say Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and then never mention verse number 10. Verse number 10, uh, in the same passage that Paul talks about being saved by faith, he also explains the relationship that works have with our faith. Now, verses 8 and 9 say, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I, I pray we catch that. I don't get saved because of my works. But my works follow my salvation. And in verse number 10, which is so often left out, Paul writes, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That word ordained means to fit up in advance, to prepare before time. We are saved by grace through faith and not of works. But God ordained, God designed that saving faith will have works that accompany it. God designed that saving faith, living faith, has works that accompany it. So many great preachers have explained this truth this way. Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. Think about it. If you were to come into contact with a 220 volt wire, you will never be the same. There are some things in your life that are going to be different. Some things are gonna change. Now, think about it. If you come into contact with saving faith in Christ, the same is true. Some things are never going to be the same. Remember what Paul said to the church at Corinth? 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor uh, abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor vilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says this, And such were some of you. You're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Paul says, hey, believer, some things changed. You were and you had all, you had many of these things, but not anymore. Aren't you glad that you're different? Aren't you glad that things aren't the same as they used to be? I know I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm not what I was. I'm so glad I'm different. Living faith, saving faith, there's something different. We said a profession of faith is not saving faith alone. We said, second of all, works prove the authenticity of our faith. We know if we have dead faith or saving living faith, 
by whether works accompany our faith. And lastly, this evening, we must ask ourselves personally, do we have dead faith? Do we possess dead faith? How do I know if I have dead faith? You might have dead faith if you know how to go to heaven or what some might call the doctrines of salvation, but you've never submitted yourself to God and trusted Christ for your salvation. You might have dead faith if you have the knowledge of Christ, but you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. You might have dead faith if you know the right words. You know the verses to quote and all the things to say, but you've never backed up those words with works. You might have dead faith if you've made a profession for Christ, but you've never lived for Christ. You see, the person with dead faith has knowledge without action, intellect without submission, words without works. Pastor, are you trying to get me to doubt my salvation? Are you trying to get me to doubt if I have living faith? No, but I am asking you to check your salvation. I'm asking you to check, to look at your own self and ask yourself, do I have dead faith or do I have living faith? There's so much more to this dead faith and living faith, but you're going to have to wait for next week. Can faith alone save? Can faith alone save? Yes. But saving faith is not alone. It comes with works. It's followed up by living for Him. Now, if you're listening this evening and you believe you have dead faith or no faith, I want to encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit in your life. I want to encourage you to listen to the Word of God. You can have living faith. You can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can have a faith that works. Bible talks about how God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. Romans chapter 5 verse number 8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose again. And now he's preparing a place in heaven for those who have placed their faith in him. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about trusting your works or your church, the things you do, your family for eternity. No, I'm talking tonight about you placing your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone for your salvation. Works will follow that profession of faith. Uh, it's my desire, if that's you, you do not know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, but inside you have a desire for it. Inside you have the Holy Spirit, even now working in your life uh, to move you to that decision. I encourage you right now, would you make that decision? Uh, I had a lady, her name was Nancy McConnell. It's now Nancy Morsey. 
she led me to the Lord, you could say. The Holy Spirit used her there back in first grade. And uh, there at the front of the classroom, uh, she led me in a word of prayer. I wasn't praying to Nancy. I was praying to our Heavenly Father. And that day, I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. You say, Pastor Frost, how do you know that that was real back in first grade? Because God started doing a work in my life. Don't get me wrong, I have not been perfect. I am far from it. But I do believe that God gave me that day a faith that works. If you don't have that faith, I'd ask to lead you in that same prayer that Nancy prayed with me. The prayer alone doesn't save you. But if you want Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior, if you're willing to confess your sins, if you're willing to put your faith in the fact that Jesus Christ died for you, He rose for you, and now He's living for you, and one day live with you in eternity in heaven, if you like that, would you word a simple prayer to our Heavenly Father? Say something like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I cannot save myself. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive my sins and take me to heaven when I die. I'm putting my faith in you and you alone for my eternity. I love you. Thank you. Amen. Now, once again, I can't see your heart. I don't know everything about you, but I do know someone who does. And if you made that personal this evening and you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, He sees your heart. I don't. He knows what's going on. And if you meant that, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from hell to go to heaven. Saved from eternal punishment unto everlasting life. Saved from dead faith to living faith. Faith, if it doesn't have works that accompany it, is dead faith. May you and I have a faith that lives. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for this message, this truth. Thank you for the work that your Holy Spirit has done and is doing in our heart and life. And God, I, I pray that you would take this truth and Father, would we look at our lives in the mirror of your word? Would you help us now to not leave the same? Help us to understand that, uh, Father, our works accompany our salvation. We're not saved by our works, but our works do follow our salvation. And God, I pray that the world around us would see a living faith. See a faith that lives, that's grounded in you and your word. Help us, help, help others to see us as Christians, little Christs. God, would you do a work in our heart and life? And it is my prayer. If there's one that is still questioning their faith, still questioning whether it's living or dead, that Father, they would reach out to you, that your Holy Spirit would direct them. And Father, if there's anything we could do to help, I would love to share scripture with them. Help them to reach out. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In your son Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us by way of our online service tonight. 
And I uh, sure appreciate your faithfulness, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. This is typically our prayer time uh, for Shawnee Baptist Church. And so I would, I would love it if you would take time this evening uh, before we close to comment. Uh, if you're watching by way of Facebook, down there in the section, any prayer requests that you have, we have a team of people who pray. And uh, they pray for you. They pray for these requests. Um, if you're new to Shawnee Baptist Church and you're joining us online, I would have, we would love to have you reach out uh, by Facebook Messenger or give the church a phone call. And uh, if there's something we could do for you, we want to be a blessing. We want to share God's word and share God's love uh, with those around us. And so if there's a way that we could help, would you please let us know? If there's something we can pray for for you, man, we would love to pray for you. We serve a big God. We serve a great God uh, who answers prayer. And we love seeing him work. And we want you to see him work in your life. I pray tonight that you would have a wonderful rest of your week. Looking forward uh, to gathering again this Sunday morning. Oh, I cannot wait to see God's people. If you feel comfortable getting out, would you join us? Sunday morning, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Things are still a little different. Uh, we're still asking people to wear face masks. Uh, as they come into the building and as they're seated, uh, we'll still be che checking temperatures on the way in uh, this Sunday. Um, but uh, apart from that, uh, boy, it's it's incredible, and it will, we'll still be practicing social distancing in the auditorium. None of that, none of that's going to change uh, for a little bit. But we get to meet as God's people, and uh, I can't wait to see you there Sunday morning, if the Lord would allow you to be there. I pray that you have a wonderful rest of your week. And uh, let me close by asking God's blessings on you and our church tonight. Father, thank you again for your goodness, your love, your word, your spirit. You have been so incredibly gracious, merciful, and kind to us. Thank you for the love that you daily show us. And God, I do pray that we would be encouraged tonight, that Father, we'd be strengthened by this passage from James, that your Holy Spirit would have done and continue uh, to do in, in our lives, that, Father, you would bring us back Sunday ready to hear your word again. And yes, we'll be live streaming and we'll have uh, things up on, on YouTube and, and Facebook, but we also desire that, Father, if people feel comfortable, they'd come and they'd uh, get back to the assembly. And God, would you, would you bless my preparation for that uh, message this Sunday? Would you speak to our hearts as I believe you've done tonight? Father, I pray that you'd bless us as we leave this evening. These requests that will be mentioned here, uh, I pray that we would pray for them, that we would call out to you, and God, would you answer in an incredible way? Would you allow us to see you, your son Jesus Christ, the power of your spirit through answered prayer? We so desire that. Now, God, bless us as we go. We sure do love you, and thank you for loving us. We ask these things in the name of your son Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Good night.